Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of What's in the Pod, hosted by me, Ben Grabia. On today's episode, I'm joined by longtime friend and teammate, Nate Brisson, to discuss the 2011 movie, Moneyball. Now, with baseball starting up this week and summer just around the corner, I thought this would be a perfect time to do one of the better baseball movies of all time, and maybe one of the better sport movies of all time. So I hope you enjoy the pod. Nate and I had a really, really good time discussing this movie. So yeah, here we go. The problem that we are trying to solve is they are rich teams and they are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap and then there's us. Cue the music. Moneyball, here we go. Nate, man, how's it going? Good, man. Excited. Ready to go. How many times did you watch it this week to, like, prepare yourself? So I watched it, like, two times this week, and then I was sitting there today, and it was on AMC today. So I watched, oh, really? <laughs> watched, like, the last half, so two and a half times this week. And what was it like watching it with, like, all these, like, categories and all the stuff you got to think about? I mean, so I went through the categories and everything before I even rewatched it. And then, mm-hmm. like, every time I watched it, I was like, I was like, fuck, that's another scene. That's like a rewatchable scene. Like, that's another one that I want to watch. Uh, and then I, yeah, rewatched it again. All I could think of was the categories. Yeah. Like, that's what I usually do when I, so I watch it like two or three times, four times usually during a week. So I, the first two times, I just watch it with nothing in mind. And then the last time, I'll watch it. And then I like, every time I think something, I'll pause the movie and then yeah. write down my answers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I'm just going to give the basic background on the movie, and we can get into the top five section. So, Moneyball was released on September 23rd, 2011. Follows the true story of Oakland A's general manager, Billy Bean, as he tries to assemble a baseball team on a lean budget using computer-generated analytics to acquire new players. Written by Stephen Zalian and Aaron Sorkin, and based off the novel written by Michael Lewis. Directed by Bennett Miller. And it stars Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robin Wright, Chris Pratt, and a bunch of just random people. It was nominated for six Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best uh, Leading Actor, Supporting Actor, Film Editing, Sound Mixing, and Best Adapted Screenplay. And it won zero. Budget was $50 million and it made $110.2 million worldwide. All right. So we get into the top five section. For today's top five section... I told Nate to come in with his top five favorite baseball movies. So I thought, let's go in reverse. So you start at five, and I'll start at five, and we'll go all the way up. Okay. Okay. Okay, Go ahead. Okay. So number five, this one's kind of off book a little bit. I'm going with the rookie. Like with the like the the slingshot arm kid? (laughs) No, no, no. no. The 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 guy who's like a a middle school teacher or whatever. Oh. Pitches in the bigs. The Disney movie. With, um, oh, what's his name? So I thought it was Kevin Costner. And then when I was looking it up last night, it's Dennis Quaid. Yeah, (laughs) that was good, man. I thought you were talking about Rookie of the Year. You know, like, 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 he plays in the Cubs. Yeah. (laughs) He, like, breaks his arm, but then he comes back on surgery, throws 95. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) My number five is Major League. That one's a classic, like, about the Cleveland Indians, and they're just, like, some shitty team. Yeah, Yeah, that one's a classic. Okay, number four for me 
this is probably i think this is probably higher up on your list is uh feel the dreams feel the dreams yeah it is it's higher up on my list than four but yeah just kevin costner being kevin costner in the sports movie yeah you know it's just just that 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 one's an all-around great one but i think the top three are pretty pretty solid okay so my number four is sandlot Sandlot's bumped down for me over the years because these other ones I've really gotten into a lot more. But Sandlot, like if you asked me when I was like 10, it'd be like top five movie ever. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've loved that movie, man. Yeah. Okay, so so three for me is Major League. Okay, yeah. I think I've probably seen that movie 25 times. <laughs> uh, it's just Charlie Sheen all like coked it's, out. It's so movie. quotable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, that's great. Um. So my number three is Field of Dreams. Okay. Yeah. 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 Number two for me is is from is Sandlot. So that's just like the kid, like absolute classic movie, classic summer movie. Yeah, it's a. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why Sandlot's bumped down for me. Maybe maybe it's because of this. I don't know. I should rewatch. I haven't seen it in a long time. But so my number two is Bull Durham. <laughs> Bull Durham is so. Like I think it's underrated as a comedy movie. Like even if you don't know anything about baseball, I think yeah. it's like really good movie. It's just funny. Yeah. yeah. Every time you watch Boulder, like it's it was one of my honorable mentions, and it's like like you pick up on something new every time you watch it. Especially <laughs> if you play baseball, you like everything that happens in it. I'm like, yeah, like when uh when they go to that mound visit and all the guys are just talking, and the coach is like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> That's actually that happened in baseball games, like. Every- yeah, now that I'm a coach, I like go to the matches and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, 100%. And then my number one is is Moneyball. But what's what's wild about Moneyball, I was thinking about it, like, from being my number one baseball movie, it's like, like the least number out of any baseball movie of like baseball actual scenes. Yeah. Of like stuff actually happening in the game, like, but I don't know, I just, I mean, we got a whole podcast to talk about it's it's so moneyball yeah it's my number one too is because i think it's the best movie yeah of like it's actually a good film like yeah. it's it's the story it follows much more than baseball falls like a a wit like a lonely guy who's trying to like build up his life after his past failures and the stuff like that yeah. that's why i think moneyball is so iconic yeah like is the sound not a good movie like a good movie probably not is it like a remarkable <laughs> movie like absolutely yeah What's your honorable mentions and do you have a few? So so I had Bull Durham. Uh-huh. I had a League of Their Own because Tom Hanks is just he's the goat. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had I had 42, which was uh it's like not really a, like a feel-good story, I guess. Yeah. It's like, it's like so good. It's needed. And so yeah, I had League of Their Own 42, and then I had also had Bad News Bears. <laughs> <laughs> like the first one. And like I just put Benchwarmers, but like now that the more I rewatch Benchwarmers, now it's not that funny anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know. When it's, I was a kid, I was glad like, like you said about Sandlot, probably like a top five. <laughs> like Benchwarmers, like the whole point of the movie is three guys play against like like a soccer work. <laughs> I always think about those movies, man. Like they're like pitching it to like these big movie studios. <laughs> like, okay, we like play fun against a bunch of kids. Like, um. Yeah. So watching Moneyball, do you remember the first time you saw it? And like, what was that like? Okay, so I don't, I don't remember the first time I saw it. Like it came out in 2011. Like I was 13 or 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. But I remember I read the book prior to it coming Oh, really? Cause, yeah, because I was like a big Michael Lewis fan. Um, and I've read a whole bunch of his books, like The Big Short, uh, Blind Side, Liars, Poker, like a whole bunch of his books. But I hadn't, 
seen the movie before I watched it. So, but the first time I watched it, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is like the first time I was like, like when I watched the movie, I wanted to watch it again, like right after. Yeah. Cause it's like such a high throughout the movie. Um, and then the other thing I thought the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, he's like, this is like the first movie I've seen, like a baseball movie where like, the scenes are realistic. Yeah. And like, the guy's like swinging a bat. Like, he actually looks like he's swinging a bat before. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's a, you know, the guy that plays David Justice. Yeah, 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 he actually played in the MLB or like in the minor leagues, and his nickname growing up was like Mini Justice, just because he looked like him. So that's so they casted him. So in the scene when he's like taking BP off the machine and right. him and uh, Billy Bean are talking, like it actually looks like he knows what he's doing. I know it's like the first time I, like like watching Benchwarmers, like <laughs> guys swinging in that movie is like a joke. Yeah. So yeah, the thing for Moneyball for me, I remember when I watched it, and I've been a big like batting average is overrated and like how we judge baseball, how we evaluate baseball players is so like we're stuck in like 1940. And like in this movie, it's so like when they're like talking about those scenes, like, Oh, he's got an ugly girlfriend. He must, his swing looks good. And it's like, well, if his swing looks good, then why doesn't he hit good? Exactly. You know, like, so now that I've started to coach and I've started to try to take those like ideas into how I coach and like, man, like, yeah, we want to work on our swings and we want to make our swings better, but like you still got to like perform. Yeah. And you got to take it from an angle of like, like you realize what actually matters in baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like the first sport to kind of do that. Like basketball's done that and like hockey's kind of done that as well. But like, man, being somebody who just like got on base because I got walked because I was short, I was like, <laughs> yeah, this movie's like legit, man. They, they mm-hmm. know what they're talking about. Do you? What do you think this if this was happening in 2021 would be going on? Because this was going on and before social media, like no one was you would only get to see these games on TSN or if you lived in Oakland, I guess. But what do you think would be happening if the Twitter era was happening? Well, man, like if this is like pre all this analytics stuff happening, like and they kind of get into it in the movie, like and in the book they really get into it. Like they were like getting fucking ripped. Yeah. For like having this team that was like a bunch of no names and like they call like the the misfit toys or whatever Uh like if it was like the twitter era like i guess maybe the nerds would have had a bigger voice and like would have been kind of supportive but like yeah they would have been getting like absolutely tarot part for this i was talking to my dad about it he i was talking to him because he like we were we lived it but we were like young so i asked him like what it was like and he was telling me that there was this blog that was basically like dumb shit joe morgan said (laughs) because joe morgan was like a old head analytic or analyst who was like, you can't win baseball games with math. And then these guys started writing blogs about how stupid he was because they were like, this is working. But the thing they don't talk about in the movie is the A's had three 15-win pitchers on their roster and like two guys that hit 30 bombs. And they had had the AL MVP on their team. (laughs) I know. They they literally ignore those guys. And they're like, Chad Bradford, guy throws weird. Scott uh, Howard, <laughs> guy takes walks, I guess. But they're like, Jerry Zuno didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, all their other pitchers, like, yeah, they kind of, they, they definitely get into that more in, like, the, in the book, for sure. Mm-hmm. And the book takes, goes, like, way deeper on, like, the draft and everything, which is, like, super interesting. But they definitely, <laughs> they're like, Pena, trade him. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Jones, <Johnny, laughs> fat. <laughs> guys in Vegas, like, <laughs> like. That's why I think I love about this movie is that, yeah, like, if you're a baseball fan, like, you can really, really appreciate it because of, like, you know all these guys, you know how hard it is to win these games and stuff. But 
I think this movie is so much better than all the other base movies because there's another underlying theme and story throughout baseball, like what Billy Bean's going through as a character, like his yeah. character arc and how they, I really like how they go back and forth between him at training or like when he's a player and oh, they should yeah. like go back and forth during that. And like, it's always on his mind yeah. is what they're trying to say. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like a classic underdog kind of story, but mm-hmm. like, like, and like spoiler alert, like one thing I really love about this movie is like, they don't, win in the end yeah and i know it's like a true story but like every other baseball movie they end up like winning on like a grand slam in the bottom yeah line, kind of and like them losing is like so much more compelling i think in this movie and i think because like the climax of the movie is them getting the 20 game streak like yeah. them winning that game and it might seem unrealistic that like scott hatterberg hit the home run but like that actually happened like he yeah. actually hit that yeah but I like how they end. Yeah, they end the movie with them like losing, and then it's over. Basically, they, they don't try to like make you feel sorry for them or anything. It just happened. Yeah, yeah. What was it? What's different about the book to the movie? Like, what 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 isn't in the in the movie that's in the book? So, like I said, like the book goes like deep on the draft, and like A's drafted like Nick Swisher, mm-hmm. who's like going to be a Hall of Famer probably. Um, but they like talked about like dra- drafting that guy. Like that fat catcher hit the home run. They draft that guy? So they drafted that guy in like the second round. He was supposed to go like undrafted. Yeah. And apparently in the book they like called him. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, he hung up on him. He's like, I think I'm getting fucked with. Because <laughs> they're like, we're drafting you and he hangs up. And then they call him back. They're like, Matt, do you want to get picked or not? And he's like, I thought you were fucking me. I thought you were one of my friends calling me. Really? Did he ever make it to the league? No, I don't think so. But yeah. he was like, he like set records in like Alabama for like on base percentage and stuff. He was like literally like 290 pounds yeah. and like 6'2. So uh the book goes deeper on that and the book goes like sort of into the explanation of the analytics and stuff, but it's like pretty the movie mirrors the, the book like pretty well throughout. Right? Yeah. Do you think that this style and how you you remember, you know, in those like there's like those montage scenes where Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill are, are like um, talking to players like don't swing at this and like we don't don't steal yeah. like don't bunt. Do you think that style would work in like high school baseball? Or do you think it's it's only gonna work in the MLB? It depends like the buy-in from the players. I think like if you're like if they're like all in on it mm-hmm. and you like like listen to what you're saying and you like are explaining it well, like I think it would work anywhere but like you really got to get like the guys like buying in or else they're gonna be like like fuck that like, and the thing too is like it's hard to get the computer generated stats on like a high school team like yeah you can there's apps where it's like game changer or whatever where you can get their slugging percentage and their on base percentage but it doesn't dive into like on a one one count on a low inside fastball what's your what's your on base percentage like really really stuffs but yeah, like I don't know. I think I think it would work. Yeah, if you get everyone buying buying in, I think you could get it to work. But it's hard to get like a bunch of high school guys to buy into you. And like high school baseball is kind of like we the I'm not gonna say his name. We had that one friend who like like the games are so like kind of like bullshit. Like we had that one friend who was like absolutely hammered drunk for that one <laughs> yeah. game because it was his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and like like you're factoring that in. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, the thing. What do you think about the Oakland A's changing sport in general? Not just baseball, but like how everyone thinks about sports now. I mean, like, so for baseball, they like picked it up and they say in the movie, like the Red Sox won like two years later doing the exact same thing. But yeah. like 
basketball with like the three point revolution and everything, like they like absolutely took Moneyball and like ran with it. Mm-hmm. And, and like it's, it's kind of stupid, I guess, like realizing that three points are worth more than two in basketball, <laughs> but like like maybe we should stop taking these fadeaway twos and like mm-hmm. just kick it up to the guy for three. But like hockey's doing the same thing with like Corsi, yeah, and like puck possession and stuff like that. And then like football is doing the same thing with like not punting and like going for it on four yeah. downs, but like. It seemed like Billy Bean and like the A's were like the first team to like make that stuff like mainstream. Yeah. And like like make it like kind of like kind of give like honestly like the nerds a voice mm-hmm. in everything going on. And and they like make fun of it kind of during the movie. Like when the guy's like he looks like Fabio or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Bean's like man, are we selling jeans? Or yeah. <laughs> like it's just kind of funny. They like make fun of the. Uh, uh, the old way of like looking at players but yeah like the mainstream sports like picked it up and it was like it seems like this book was like so influential in making it like uh, uh mainstream and giving like people who didn't necessarily have a voice like a voice prior to this as much as i want to like i love advanced analytics and i think that like if you're you're like a dinosaur if you don't like look at them now as a professional team even amateur like if you don't look at advanced analytics and really yeah. take that into account you're like way behind but I think at the end of the movie, when uh, I think that the movie ends with them, one of their guys just popping up to the third base, and that's how they lose. Yeah. And the the commentators like math can get you so far, but you still need that like intent, like you need that guy the who has factor. the it factor, and like you can't measure that. Like, how do you yeah. measure that with math? And I think that like the Tampa Bay Rays, they've taken advanced analytics now in 2020, 2021 to an insane degree, but they just didn't have a guy with the eight factor at the yeah. end and their coach fucked up anyways. Yeah. Well, but it's like, it's like, like Derek Jeter, like he was like, if you looked at like analytics, he was like an average shortstop, but like homeboy in the clutch, like literally always pulled through. And like, he like made a date diving stop and like, mm-hmm. like certain things that you can't even, and like certain stuff with like culture and that sort of thing or leadership, like you can't measure that. Yeah. But um, board, analytics has like borderline, not like ruined baseball, but it's like made baseball so much less fun because like, it's either like I hit a nuke or I like strike out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like every pitcher throws 95 and either walks the guy or he like strikes him out. So. Yeah. So if you had to pitch this to someone, like if you're showing it to someone, like I don't know, maybe your girlfriend or like a friend down the road who doesn't know anything about baseball, how would you pitch this movie to them? Like this is a good movie because of. Well, it's like one, it's like two things. It's like you're like, it's the underdog story of like these guys are like. They got like a payroll that's like a fourth of like the the big teams. But then the other thing is like, it's like fun to watch a movie, like watch smart people do like smart things, I think. Yeah. That's one thing I was thinking about. Like like another Michael Lewis book that got turned into a movie, like The Big Short. Yeah. It's a, like, you're like entertained because uh, you're like, these guys are just doing smart things and like, I don't really get it. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm with them like the whole way. So uh, like, if you like watching, uh, smart people do things that everybody else is not doing that's like something uh i think it resonates with everybody with movies i think the a lot of people like really like watching like uh bad people doing bad things like martin scorsese all of his movies are like yeah all these sh- that he tries to glorify all these like horrible things yeah. like they're the doing departed. the departed or in uh wolf of wall street or goodfellas like all these movies but like it's kind of refreshing to yeah see the good people doing good yeah things story and i think Billy Bean, like I've talked about this, I'm going to talk about it later, but Billy Bean, like his relationship with his daughter. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And his daughter is, 
at the end of the movie, it's a weird thing, but remember at the end of the movie, they're showing, or he's like puts in her tape of her singing. And it's like, if you choose Boston, you were a great dad. Yeah. And assuming that she's like never going to see him again. Yeah. Then that's, I'm assuming that's why he stayed so he could see her. Yeah. And he wanted to build something in Oakland. But yeah. yeah. I think when people like just automatically assume that they're not going to like it because they don't know anything about baseball, it's pretty ridiculous. Oh, it's got, it's like, it's like so much. Like I said, like the baseball scenes are like minimal mm-hmm. and like, even like the analytics stuff is like not really, they don't really get deep into it. Like it's more of a, like an underdog story. And then like the, the, like you said, like the family part of it is like awesome in this movie. Like the, every scene with his daughter or like with his ex-wife is like, mm-hmm. is like so good. It's like, doesn't feel like a baseball yeah. kind of. Do you think that these concepts will be talked about in, I don't know, 50 years, six years, I think they'll be showing this movie or do you think this movie will be so like dinosaur because of like, we thought of something else. Uh, I think it'll be like, can you believe that these guys were like the smart guys like 50 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> like, they thought this was like a big deal. Like, now they're like looking at players, whatever. Like they're, they're, they're. Uh, they like, they found like a, how to do math for it factor. Exactly. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, before we get into the categories, do you have any other like big things you want to talk about before we get into it? Um, well, I mean, like, okay, well, I got two things. Okay. This movie not getting nominated for best score is like, really, you actually criminal. It's the same song the whole time, basically. Dude, these, these, like, uh, Michael Dana or whatever, and then the explosions in the sky songs, like, it, like, gives me, like, goosebumps, like, every, literally every time I watch a movie. And then, uh, so I was like, how? Okay. How? Yeah. And I was reading the other movies, like nominated for best score. I'm like, didn't even, didn't even think of the score when I watched mm-hmm. the movie. And then I kind of want to know. I don't know if we're gonna do this later, but where do you rank this with like the all time Brad Pitt like, performances? performances? <sighs> That's tough, but because I think it's so. I'm like a huge believer in like Seven, like when he did like I talked about it on an earlier pod, like what I think about him in that movie. But this movie, he carries the movie. Like this movie is. He, isn't as good with without him in it yeah and i've always liked him more in like the supporting role kind of like in the once upon a time in hollywood like that kind of role or in the seven role or in the have you ever seen 12 monkeys yeah so that role like he's like he's he would be in like a jonah hill like jonah how much jonah hill is in this movie he's like that in other movies and like i've always been like i've liked him more as that guy than him leading a movie but like this is his one of his better leading role movies i don't know what about you so i i was thinking about this beforehand and i i'd say this is like third for brad performances i got inglorious bastards one <clears throat> i got fight club two yeah fight like see for me like i'm not like a huge fan of that movie to be honest yeah i, I mean i don't love fight club but i i mean it's just so like early brad and i'm like this is like him in like the to me like the perfect role mm-hmm uh, and I got Moneyball three, and then like the ones you mentioned, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's like a supporting actor. Uh, seven, seven. The the Ocean's movies, movies, like I, I like. He's like in like it, that. Maybe is like perfect role. It's like the cool guy who's like doesn't have a ton of lines, but he's like cool in every scene he's in. Do you like him in Benjamin Button? Okay, the so, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So I didn't like Benjamin Button like at all, and I like Fincher movies, but like Benjamin Button, I was like. This is shittiest I, movie. I I hate. I didn't like the CGI. Like when he's like, a, I just didn't like it. It kind of creeped me out, to be honest. And uh-huh. Like 
I didn't think he was like awesome in it. Honestly, like underrated grab movie is World War Z. Right? He's like <laughs> just like got long hair. He's like looking cool in every scene. He's like he's like all rocked up and everything, you know. It's, I'm like, that's like if Brad's in a leading role, it's like that's that movie. I like him in Fury too. Have you ever seen oh, Fury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's sweet in that. Like the thing with him is that he's gonna get roles until he doesn't want any. Right. Like he's just gonna get whatever he wants because yeah. he's fucking Brad Pitt. Yeah. But yeah, this one is definitely like it's more reserved role too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I quite enjoy. Yeah. Got anything else? We can move on to the categories. Good to go. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll move into the categories. All right, categories. We're gonna start with category number one, Mount Rushmore. We gave our top four scenes. So I'm going to give my top four, and then you just say anything that I didn't mention. Okay. And we'll try to come to an agreement for what the best one was. Okay. So for me, the first one I have is the first scouting room scene. Like the first scene where all the guys are talking about like, oh, his ugly girlfriend. He's got a good swing. And, and Brad Pitt's like, what the fuck are we talking about? And it's all white dudes. It's all like. 80-year-old men. Yeah. That guy's got, like, the, the double frame glass. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he's got, like, the hearing aid. The one he's got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the next one is the second time they're in the scout room, but when he brings Peter Brand, like, Jonah Hill's character, and is when they, like, pitch to get Jeremy Giambi and, and Hatterberg and Chad Bradford and all these guys are like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. And that's when they really get into the, we're not trying to recreate Giambi's stats. We're going to recreate him in the aggregate. And, like, get his OBP yeah. added up by three guys, basically, which is, like, really smart. I don't know why no one else thought of that before. Yeah. Um, and that's just, like, classic Sorkin writing. Like, they're, like, talking about, like, carrying the one, like, when they're divided. Like, <laughs> three or whatever. Yeah. That's um, so weird. The trade deadline, that scene, yeah. when he just is, like, Fuck it. I'm going to like just make, and I'm going to get one guy. He all he got was Ricardo Rincon. Yeah. <laughs> and like had to make like a bunch of calls to basically to get him. And uh, quick honorable mention scene, I guess, is when that scene is when I think right before he kind of he traded, he trades uh, Pena and uh, Giambi. Yeah. yeah and yeah. It, basically in the trade for Giambi, he gets a player and he gets the other team to pay for their soda for three years because he doesn't want his guys paying for soda. Philip Seymour Hoffman, that's when he's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's so good. Uh, and then the last one is the 20th in a row win. Cool. When they finally, like, when they pull that out and Hadabrick hits the home run. And, and like, like you said, the score and you get chills. And, and Pitts finally watches the game. Yeah. So those are my top four scenes. Um, do you have anything else I didn't mention? Yeah. So I um, – the first two were, like, two for two with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one thing they say in that first scout meeting is, like, the guy walks in the room and his dick's already been there for two days. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, it's like so good. Yeah. And like all the, all the scouts kind of look like Italian, like mob bosses. <laughs> uh, so I have both those scenes. The, the Hatterberg meeting when they like go to his house to, yeah. to meet him. And then he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, first base not, is not that hard. Like tell him Mosh. And Mosh is like, it's incredibly hard. <laughs> so like that scene is so good. Um, like we talked about earlier, like the family stuff, like Brad Pitt and his like daughter in like the, the guitar store. Mm. I'm like when 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 she's singing, I'm like that's like so good. 
but yeah, like the Hatterberg home run for like 20 in a row is like, is, is easily the best scene. And yeah. Like, it's and really like, good film editing too. Yeah. Like the ball hits like the stands mm-hmm. and then the, the like drums come in and like the, the, the sound comes in and like throughout, like when like the other team's making a comeback, it's like totally quiet. And all you hear is like the, the ball being hit and everything. Yeah. Um, and then like, it's the most realistic base. Like Chris Pat actually looks like he knows how to swing the bat. Oh yeah. Yeah. His swing is like, is like actually, actually good. good. And it looks like Hatterberg swing too. Yeah. I do like the replay of the swing. I'm like, it looks the same. And then like, I don't, it's not like a specific scene, but there's like a 10 minute stretch when they're like losing and Brad Pitt like flips a desk, flips, throws the chair. And then he throws a chair and smashes the picture. And he smashes the speaker with the bat and then he throws the Gatorade cooler. Yeah. And then he like drifts his truck within like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's just like fucking going insane. Freaking stuff. Yeah. That is a good 10 minute stretch. It's not really a scene, but like, it's a really good, like 10 minute stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So just, what, what's your favorite scene then? It's gotta be the Hatterberg. Like, yeah. Come around. Like, or, well, I guess like the whole, the game when they're up 11, nothing. And then they, uh, then they win it. Like that whole whole stretch and they do a really good job going back and forth from what like clips of like the actual game and to like this scene that they're creating yeah. like it's really yeah it is really, that's the best scene yeah i want to go like with the, one of the scouting room scenes but because it's just funny dialogue but like this the 20th in a row win is is film it's like a really good like cinema scene like yeah. that's why this movie is so it's good. like the, it's like the climax of the movie it's yeah like the, the that home run being hit is like, mm-hmm. is like and every time I laugh when he comes around third base and then he high fives Ron Washington and his hat like falls <laughs> off. Like, I laugh every time. All right. So we'll go to the second category, what still works. Okay. Uh, the screenplay, just like Aaron Sorkin's writing and like the pacing of the movie yeah. is really, really well done. And Aaron Sorkin is like a God tier writer. Yeah. Like he's wrote some of the best screenplays ever. Yeah. Like anytime you, I see a movie that he's written, I'm just gonna watch it. You can put any actors. You could put like us two in that in those roles. You could like make it. Yeah, work. it's not good, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about this a little bit, but Brad Pitt just kind of carrying the movie, and like his other story of his failed pro days and how this movie adheres to non-baseball fans with failed relationships. You know, being lonely. Like he's lonely the whole movie, yeah. and he's trying to put a like a fill his heart with being competitive and like trying yeah. to win but he's like genuinely sad about life and like what happened to his playing days yeah every scene he's in it's like you can't take your like eyes off him. like you're like this guy might fucking throw a chair yeah. like like he's like he's like a mad man he has that like yeah he does he has that look where he can just snap like at any time in the whole movie he's like stuffing twinkies in his face and yeah he's fucking throwing chairs like a second. <laughs> do you think that he wanted to be a gm or do you think like he had secretly wished he made it in the league I mean, they they they, they kind of get into this in the book, mm. but like he was like kind of like almost like too smart and like neurotic to be like a baseball player. Like they talk about this other guy he like played in the minor leagues with, who like was like like kind of like a fucking idiot. They like made him look like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like the guy like there's this one scene where they walk out of the dugout, uh, and this other guy's warming up on the mound like the guy on the other team. This guy's like, who's that? This fucking guy, and it, it was like. Some guy who's like a four-time Hall of Famer, like doing like a rehab start in the <laughs> And then and so Brad Pitt was like said to the guy, he's like, yeah, it's like fucking, I don't know the guy's name. Uh and then the, the idiot guy who was like Brad Pitt's teammate was like, fuck it, I'll hit a home run off of him. Like he was like too much of like an idiot to like 
and that guy like went to the major leagues, but Brad Pitt was like so nuts about uh, like like failing that he like couldn't get there. So yeah, that's yeah, because he's so terrified of failing, and like he in the whole movie, Billy Beans like one of my favorite quotes in the movie, and I use it all the time as a coach now is like. If you don't win the last game of the year, no one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. And that's his whole drive. And he's, they still haven't won in Oakland. Yeah. And he's been there. He's still there. Yeah. I don't know if he's the GM still. He's like in the office still. But yeah. he's still there. Yeah, it's like kind of sad, honestly, that like the Red Sox won two years later. Like they just Using the exact same point. Do the same thing. But yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Pitts, like he's either in a track suit or like dress or like a polo. <laughs> Like the whole dude, movie. he's wearing a Nike thing and Adidas thing. <laughs> he looks like he just worked out like every single scene. Yeah. Um, I like how they show, like I think this is really accurate. Like it's really sad, but like it's actually accurate is how they show um, old white dudes evaluating players. Yeah, like how they're like, uh, yeah, just how they like that's actually that happens. Yeah, it's really, yeah. Uh, um, what's the word? Like it's really accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the guy that plays young Pitt, like young Billy Bean, like they really look alike. Oh, it's really fucking weird. Dude, I was looking at pictures of them, like they the same jawline, they the same like like base structure, kind of. Mm-hmm. They they look like the same guy. It looks yeah. like him from like in like Fight Club, like, yeah. in, like, Snatch or something. Yeah. Um, this is so. This is like a little moment scene when uh Pitt meets Jonah, like Peter Brand and, and the Indians like meeting or whatever. And he goes to meet up with them after. And then one of the things was like, like, who are you? And he's just like, I'm Peter Brand. And he's just like, how did you get this job? Like whose nephew are you? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And like all that, like for all the Edmonton Oilers, like all their GMs and shit are just like old dudes. Like that they just keep recycling through. Like that's so accurate. Yeah. Like his first question was like, hey, who are you related to? Because like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Yeah. When he when he says like this is my first he's like this is just my first job. He's like, Oh good, good for you. Like, <laughs> who do you know? <laughs> um learning about all the math it takes, like how they when Peter Brandt, his whole thing is like instead of buying players, we gotta buy runs. Right. And we need to buy like this many runs. And there's like that quick shot of the, the whiteboard. Yeah. And every time I watch that, like I hit pause and they look at all the like all the stats that they're doing. It's really cool. Yeah, oh yeah, like the I mean, I love like the whole. They definitely get into that in the book, like what this stuff kind of means. Uh, one of my favorite things is when like that uh, guy is narrating and he's like talking about how the the A's are like screwing up. He's like an old like analyst or, or not analyst guy, like just some analyst guy. And he's like, and they're they're using this like Bill James guy stuff. And he's like, he was like a security guard at like a pork and beans company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing too is. Okay, so Ron Washington character, Ron Washington's character, so he's like just like one of the coaches, and I don't know why he's the one that goes to Scott Hadberg's house and not Art Howe. He's like an assistant coach, but he's in the movie for like three, he has like three or four lines, and he's awesome in the whole movie. Oh, the whole movie. <laughs> I love when uh, Pitt, he's like, when they're talking about Hadberg, and he was like, well, there's one problem, like none of these guys play first base. And Brad Pitt's like, I don't know, you could coach him, and his face is like, what? Yeah, he's coaching. He's got, he's got a toothpick in his mouth. He's like, <laughs> um, that guy's so good. Just like Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt in a movie together, I would have never have guessed that. I know. I I um was gonna bring this up later, but like Jonah Hill, as like the the 
supporting actor next to like a hot lead <laughs> like him next to like leo yeah. which is like his perfect role <laughs> him next to like uh in, in 21 jump street like chatty like, tatum yeah that's like a perfect role in that. <laughs> like he's like it's like different like it's like a drama versus like a comedy and then like wolf of wall street's like kind of both and he like it's like perfect in that role again like he did his so his his three year movie run was Moneyball, Django. He's in Django Unchained. Remember, he's in like that one little scene. Wait, what, when in the? Remember when they ride the horses through and they're all wearing like the Ku Klux Klan oh. toques and he's in yeah. seated because his character <laughs> they wrote him in that. to be way more, but they cut it. Right. But he's supposed to be he was supposed to be like a another plantation guy that was tr- going to try to buy uh, jo- uh, Jamie Foxx's characters like his wife. Yeah. Yeah, so he was supposed to. So he did that Moneyball, that little role in Django, and then Wolf of Wall Street within three years, two and a half years. Yeah, that's that's like so. <laughs> and 21, 21 Jump Street would have been around that time too. It would have been two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, right. around that. Yeah, like yeah, he I went know. on a run. He was on a year, yeah. <laughs> um, you talked about this, but like uh, I love a Brad Pitt. Like when he just flips out. Like my favorite, like it's I wanted to put it as a scene, but it's just not big enough. Is when he goes into the clubhouse, and he. Uh, like he takes Jeremy Giambi's character off the fucking table and he's like, uh, do you like to, lo-? or like, why are you having fun? Yeah. Is losing fun? And they're like, no. He's like, well, then why are you having fun? <laughs> and he like smashes the music and he's like, it's just quiet. And he's like, that's what losing sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like so good pissed in this movie. Like whenever he's mad, I'm like, fuck, this is like so good. He's either mad or he's always mad or like eating. At the start when he's like, uh, had the radio going and then he like pulls over and he like throws it and then he fucking stops. <laughs> uh, his just fuck it moment when he's like, he's driving and he's just you know like, fuck it. He can't play Carlos Pena because I'm gonna fucking trade him right now. I know that's one of the best like little uh, moments. The best lines in the movie is like, it's like, oh, I don't think you can play him at first because uh, he plays for Detroit now. <laughs> and Philip Seymour Hoffman's reaction is like, He's like, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I looked at Carlos Pena's, like, I just looked on his, like, um, baseball reference, I guess, before we started recording, and, like, his stats were not that good. No. He, like, that year, I think he hit seven home runs, or maybe for the A's, but he was hitting seven home runs and 41 RBIs or something. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. I mean, they, they like, it's the same thing as we said before. Like, they ignored, like, the guys who were, like, the MVPs of the team. Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy who throws weird, like, he's the best player. The team. <laughs> um. The sound mixing, like in this movie, is just like phenomenal. Like, like you said in the twentieth in a row, seeing how it's quiet when they're losing, and then yeah. it's super loud. And um, even the last thing I have is just the poetic ending of like Scott Hatterberg hitting the home run. Oh. And that might seem like, oh, that's some Disney ending, but like this should actually happen. Oh, it's it's like you can't make up make up like blowing an eleven nothing lead, and then this guy fucking hits a nuke. Yeah. Uh, one thing they said in the book that wasn't in the movie, so like. All these minor leaguers like sign these deals with Louisville Slugger. Uh-huh. And that's the only bat they can use. So he goes to pinch hit. He uh but he like has to grab a run and bat. He's not even using a Louisville Slugger bat. So then he hits a bomb with the bat. That bat goes in like the Hall of Fame, but it's like some other bat. It's like not a Louisville Slugger <laughs> bat. So he like broke his contract. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, what else do you have for what still works? I kind of went through online. Uh I said that the the baseball scenes like like the, they look totally realistic, and I think they got like like you said like the baseball players to play, uh, the players like even like the between scenes where they're like making errors in like the eleven nothing game. Like, yeah, 
it looks legit. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked, and it's like kind of like Tarantino, like breaking up the movie. Like they like talk, they're like, it comes on the screen, it's like trade deadline, and then it comes on the screen, and it's like the streak, the streak, and then it comes on the screen, and it's like whatever, September 4, 2002, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thought that held up, and then like the cast, like it's insane that they had Robin Wright for like so a little scene. Yeah. She says three lines, and then like, <laughs> like it's just it's just wild. So yeah, I mean Chris Pratt before he was like yeah. cool. Like uh, I think Parks and Rec would have been around that time. Yeah, but no one like even in Parks and Rec he wasn't like cool until he like this wasn't like Guardians jacked. of the Galaxy. This yeah. wasn't like jacked Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. But um, what's like what still works for you the best? Like what's what's the winner for you? For me, it's like the score and like the sound mixing, like the mm-hmm. the when he hits like the home run and it's like dead silent. Yeah. And then like the music comes in when it like hits the stands and yeah. then like and using all the old clips and everything from like two thousand two. Yeah. I thought it was like like electric. I thought it was so good. So. Um. Okay. For me, it's the I think it's the score or the screenplay. Sorry. Aaron Sorkin's writing and and the book as well. I guess just really holds up. Dude, the, Aaron Sorkin makes stuff that shouldn't be interesting like it sounds really so, interesting. so interesting um okay category three uh cringe moments not too many cringe moments in this movie but one thing that always grosses me out is when like uh billy bean or brad pitt's character he chews a lot yeah. in this movie and there's a one scene where he'll he'll literally just take it out of his mouth like with his fingers and just throw it in the cup yeah and it's just like yeah next to you fucking throws it in <laughs> fucking gross yeah um the only one i had for that was like and I, I don't know if it was delivered or not, but like, Joe and Hill, like, it's at the trade deadline. They get off the phone. They like get like the, the their owner to give like two hundred thousand for whatever Ricardo would call me. And then they like high five, and he's like, "Come on, come on!" And they like cannot catch <laughs> high five. <laughs> I was like, "That's so classic." Yeah. Um. The, every scout that they have is just some old white dude. It's just so shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like very basebally, and like in two thousand one, like that was still a thing. But like now, like. I don't want like eighty-five year old men like like scouting my team. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So Johnny Damon is one of the big free agents they lost. And he was supposed to be this like insane on base leadoff guy. And they mentioned his on base percentage was 324, which is like horrible. Yeah, that's like no so idea. for no one people who like don't know baseball, I guess. So batting average, if you have a 300 batting average, that means you hit three out of ten. It's pretty good. On base, you go if you're 400, that you're like elite, and then slugging percentage, it's 500. Yeah. His on base percentage as like a leadoff guy, that's supposed to be your thing. Is like you're supposed to get on base at 324, and then Giambi's was like 477, which is like ridiculous. Yeah, because he's just fucking totally roided up, and he's yeah. <laughs> this guy's into the moon. If we- but then like making a big deal of losing Damon, even though he's like not when Peter Brand or Hill's character is like, yeah. You shouldn't have paid him like that. Yeah. Like he's a fine player, but not at like whatever eight, it was like eight mil a year or something. Yeah. No chance in 2021. The guy hits free agency. He's like getting a $2 million deal. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting less than he got. In he was, I always thought he was overrated. He was on the Red Sox team that won the world series as their leadoff guy. And he, I always thought he was like this guy. Yeah. It's just cause like he was like the most, every coach is like, Oh, we need a, we need a lefty bat to hit lead off. And he needs to be fast. Fielder, he's yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. Like, he gets out a lot, but fuck, he looks like he's only not that. Um, just like the coaches in this movie, like, just refuse to actually coach. They're like, yo, teach the guy to play first base. What? Yeah. No, we don't do that shit in the MLB. We don't coach. We just, like, 
set the lineup. I know. And, like, first base, like, respectfully, is not that hard. No, like, man. I've, as a coach, I always pitch to my players. It's like, man, I'll put fucking anyone at first base to keep your bat in the lineup, basically. Just catch, just catch. and pick it, like, a little bit. Like, yeah. spend two weeks doing picks. Yeah. Um, the last one I have for this is just, like, the media. Like, remember, they're, like, there's the media session, and they're, like, the sh- they're asking the shittiest questions. Yeah. They're, like, Jeremy, you're uh, – <laughs> your brother's making like 10 mil a year and they got you on just on a, on a dime. How do you feel about that? And he's like, uh, it's like it's so, so hard to watch. Yeah. And that, that, that one reporter, she's like, can you get out of my shot? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's cringy, but like, it's actually realistic. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's good. Do you have anything, anything else? I don't have too many cringy for this movie. No, it was like pretty, I definitely didn't have a whole lot of cringy. Moments. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Category four. Who is the most dateable person and why? So my two, I have two nominees and you can bring in some nominees, I guess. Is Peter, like Peter Brand, so Jonah Hill's character. Yeah. And I put Billy Bean with a question mark. Like I could maybe talk myself into it. Okay. I, I mean, first thought is like, yeah, Billy Bean, he's like hot. He's like a cool guy and everything. Guy's got like major anger issues. Like he's no, super emotionally unavailable. No chance. You want to that guy. <laughs> uh, Peter Brand basically a robot like i'm like fuck i don't know if i want to date that guy he's like uh he's loyal as shit though and he's actually like he has some really dry humor moments in the movie too <laughs> so my answer was scott hatterberg okay i was like this guy seems like the nicest guy in the world he's like he's pretty self-aware he's a good guy he's a team player and then like if we're talking like chris pratt like chris pratt gets like hot hot after this movie yeah like, he gets like rocked up he does he does the, the Guardians. Guardians. He, he yeah. goes and does Jurassic Park, you know? So, yeah, I Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Okay. Yeah, I was going to try to talk you into taking Peter Brand, but I think I like your – like, yeah. He's just a robot. Yeah, like if you're a computer, you maybe want to date him. Yeah, he's just a little tough to talk hold to. a conversation. Yeah, you know? exactly. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll move into category number five. Okay, we're back with category five. What's up with that? Where we talk about the plot holes in the movie. So for me, so <laughs> after the first scene in the movie when Pitt, they, they when they lose to the Yankees at the start or whatever, and he goes to his truck and he goes to smash his radio. So he literally smashes uh, against the closed window and then he throws it out. Like right after, like they don't like, he doesn't roll his window down. Really? And he's smashing against that. the window. Yeah, it's like bang, 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 and then it cuts, and he just throws it out the window. It's like, wait a minute, that wouldn't work. <laughs> okay. Um, he wears his wedding ring the whole movie, even though he's divorced. Didn't, didn't notice that. Either. But the other thing too is they don't talk about it. Like I, I like read about it was that he actually remarried. Remarried. Like Billy Bean remarried someone else. Okay. So maybe like he's wearing a wedding ring to insinuate that he's with someone else, but they don't like ever talk about, I think they did. I heard that they did film scenes with him and another girl, Okay. but they like cut it out of the movie, but still the whole movie he's wearing his wedding ring. It's just kind of weird. It's like, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when they go to the, when he goes to the Cleveland Indians, like talks to their GM and like the whole, there's a bunch of other guys there. Like that's realistic that you would bring like seven year of your scouts in there with you. This is the one thing I had down. Like, he flies to Cleveland to talk about Ricardo. <laughs> like, what about on the phone? 
<laughs> yeah. He says, is Ricardo Rincon available? Or whatever. He's talking about somebody. And he's like, no. <laughs> it's like, all right, just fucking flew to Cleveland for this. Uh, he wouldn't have met Peter Brand, though, if he didn't go all the way there. But True. But there was nobody. There's no way there's. <laughs> and that one guy's standing there. He's got his fucking arms crossed. He's just like looking at him. <laughs> he's whispering in his ear. How you know how he buys Peter Brand from the Indians? Like he they're on the phone. He's like, I just bought you from the Cleveland Indians. Like how much do you think it would have cost to buy a human being? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Like a like, couple thousand. Yeah, but like Peter Brand doesn't even have a choice. He's just like, I guess I'm moving to fucking Oakland. Like the thing with if I was Mark Shapiro, who's the GM of the Indians, I would have been like, sure, man, I don't care. You can have him. Like yeah. he's just some random kid. Yeah, it's literally somebody's nephew. Uh, I always found it weird that Art Howe, who's like the head coach of the team, he's never in any of the rooms, in the scout rooms or anything, yeah. even though Ron Washington follows him around. Why wasn't Art Howe in any of those scenes? That, that's a good point. One thing with Art Howe is like, if you look him, like look him up, he like, he like played in the big thing. He's like pretty jacked and everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to be pissed that like, like, yeah, it's cool having Philip Seymour Hoffman play you, but like, it's just like fat. Baseball manager's got like a fucking hot <laughs> belly on him and everything. Apparently, uh, like Art Howe, like, is pissed that they portrayed him like that because he wasn't like that at all. Like, he was like cool with the analytic stuff. Like, but they portrayed him as like they portrayed him as like the villain on like or billion yeah. beans. Like, he had to get around him, obstacle. Yeah. Which makes for a more interesting movie. Because imagine in the movie if Art Howe is like, yeah, sure, man. Like, I'll yeah. just play Hatterberg the whole time. Yeah, you don't get the whole like Giambi traded, yeah, paying and traded thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. So they have beepers. So like he's he has like a little beeper, which is like very old. But then they also have cell phones. I was thinking this. Like when did? Do you have both at that time? I don't know. When did cell phones come around? Was it two thousand two? Like. Yeah, and they're like not. They're like decently looking cell phones. Yeah. They're like Blackberries kind of. Yeah, I I honestly have no idea, but but yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking that during the movie. I was like, is this actually realistic? And then they also he has Bluetooth in his car. Right. Like he's on the phone with like his uh with uh his ex wife yeah and through Bluetooth and like that shit wasn't a thing in two thousand two you didn't have Bluetooth yeah. in your truck and then he had like and even at the trade deadline he's got his cell phone but then he's getting his secretary to like call <laughs> he has like three phones on his desk yeah. and he's getting other people to do it for him yeah yeah um the last one I have is you know when his daughter like boards that plane yeah where is she going like I thought that the hit she also right, lived thought, in Oakland right. Yeah, to send her off to boarding school. She's like, I'll see you. Like, I don't know. Like, I thought maybe okay. Like, she maybe lives somewhere else. But he, when he goes to see her at her house, I just it makes it pretty obvious that she also lives like where he lives. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. I never even, honestly didn't even think of that. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, any plot holy stuff you thought of? No, like it's it's like a it's like a true true story. So like I was like, well, there's not like a ton of plot hole stuff, but. Mm-hmm. They follow pretty close to the book, so there's nothing I like. They don't like venture too far from the book for the colorful stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a couple of those. Like I think the weirdest thing for me too was was just like the art how just like not being there for any big decisions. Like that was weird. Yeah, he's just sitting on the side. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like whatever. I'll put in the, the lineup you give me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freaks and geeks, where we completely nerd out with camera angles, weird quirks about the movie, etc. Um, I really like the first shot of like one of the first shots of the movie with Billy B just sitting in the Coliseum yeah. on his own yeah. and he's listening to that, like that shitty radio. It's a really cool shot. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's, it's just such a good introduction to the character. Like he keeps flipping it on and off. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's, 
It's like a perfect way to start the movie. Yeah, and he's sitting in this massive like coliseum. Like, have you ever been to the athletics? Like, neither have I. But like, it's it's huge. Yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah. yeah. Um, they shot every baseball scene at Dodger Stadium in LA. I read that, yeah. And then they had to make it look like Oakland, then they made it look like wherever else they were playing. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. I mean, like, it, like, LA, Oakland looks, it's like sunny. It's California. It's the same. Like, it's not like they were shooting in, like, Minnesota or something. It's wild how the Red Sox signed off then. And they were like, do, like, they did they film those scenes actually at? Fenway? Yeah, yeah. They got, so I have it here too. Like, uh, they had one day to shoot at Fenway. And it happened just to be like rainy and gloomy like that. And they're like, yeah, I guess it's in the movie because. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Billy. Yeah. I said this, but Billy being remarried, but it's, they cut those, those scenes out of the movie. It was the first baseball movie to be nominated for an Oscar since field of dreams in 1989. Mm -hmm. They don't, we talked about this at the start, but like they just totally dismissed the, the actual good players on the ace, like the three, they had three aces on their team. Yeah. And then they had like two 30 home run guys and they had the MVP of the league on their team. And they're just like, yeah, like we just had this island of fucking randoms off the street on their team. Yeah. They, they, they definitely like in the book, they definitely go deeper into that and they give those guys like more credit, but yeah. It's like they filled around the edges. Like they, all those moves they made, were cheap like edges moves like fill in like your like seventh eighth nine kind of guys and yeah but if you don't have the main guys you're not gonna get it yeah yeah and i looked at their um baseball reference you can look at their lineups throughout the whole year basically and like hatterberg hit two the whole year even if he wasn't playing first base he was dhing so, <laughs> so yeah it's kind of some made up drama right there um I think this uh, the song that Billy Bean's daughter writes is like a really nice symbol for the whole movie. Like if you listen to the lyrics, yeah, yeah, like she's definitely like it's about like being lonely and all that shit. I, listen, have that song downloaded on my phone for sure. You do? Um, when like so when that guy on Kansas City, like Mike Sweeney, is the guy's like the player's name, and he hits that home run to like tie or take the lead or tied up in the yeah. win streak game. And he, like when he watches the ball go, and it's like dead silent. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. That was, that was one of my things. Like mm-hmm. that whole streak, all like the montage, and then and then getting to that game is like is like perfect. It's honestly like per- a perfect movie. Like yeah, they build it up really, really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. So those are all mine. Like, what do you have? Um, one thing I really liked was like using the 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 and they start this right at the start, like using the early two thousand like actual clips from the games yeah like when they're losing the yankees and they're like booting the ball everywhere mm-hmm. and i was like this is like so rather than just saying it they like show you it yeah which i thought was so sweet um like right at the start when they show uh when it like introduces the yankees versus the a's mm. but the first thing that comes up is like the payrolls it's like 39 million versus 114 million yeah. i was like that's like perfect uh i don't know if you noticed this but like when jonah hill gets to oakland they're like pulling down the posters oh, of yeah. Johnny Damon and Isringhausen and, and Giambi. And I was like, that's like such good like symbolism. It's like perfect writing. Yeah. Uh, when he's showing up. Um like I said earlier, like the the Hatterberg home run hitting the it like hits in the crowd and then like the, the beat drops basically on the song. Yeah. Um and it's like cheesy, but like the symbolism of like that fat catcher hitting the home run and then it's like you didn't even realize he had a home run. And it's like the whole thing is like a symbolism for Billy Bean. I was like, that's like, uh-huh. 
you know, it's like cheesy writing, but I'm like, I'm like, I should eat, eat that shit up. <laughs> when he hits the home run, I always thought it was weird that like the other team was giving him like ass taps and shit. Like, what? Like, the short sauce fucking Like, wasn't that game, that guy, wasn't that like a clip of him? Was that a clip of the guy in college? I'm, I don't know because he's where wearing, was he in where was he in like the minors? He's wearing like the Oaks jersey, which is like their like minor league team. Yeah, one of their minor league teams. But yeah, it's it's just like like that's something you would like you would wave the guy around second when you hit a bomb and you were like ten. Yeah, you're like yeah, good job, man. But when you're playing pro ball, you're like fuck that shit. Yeah, you're like fuck that around the bases. Like, let's, <laughs> go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, what place to be? What was the coolest freaky geeky thing for you? Uh. I guess like a baseball fan, I think it's like the early 2000s clips of like the, especially bouncing back to that during the the streak montage. Yeah. I thought it was like so sweet. Like mm-hmm. the, and like getting all the radio hits and everything of every like, every, every Oakland announcer and everything. I thought that was like awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the, the weirdest thing I found, like I didn't know this until I researched it, but like that they just totally dismissed all these good players they had. I thought that was just like, <laughs> yeah, funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, seventh award. The Brad Pitt Award for best quote. So I thought we would go back and forth with all the quotes. Let's okay. just go back and forth. Do you have them in chronological order? Uh, I'm not sure, but we'll figure it out. Anyways, go ahead. I'll let you go for it. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> when the scouts are all meeting and he's like, "Oh, well, he's got an ugly girlfriend." <laughs> he's like, "What's that matter?" He's like, "Ugly, ugly girlfriend equals no confidence." <laughs> His girlfriend's a six at, at best. best. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a good one. Uh, if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, again, the scouts thing, like, he, the guy walks into the room and his dick's already been there for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm talking about a prospect to draft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the problem that we are trying to solve is there are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap. Yeah. And then there's us. Yeah. That's, that's one of the best ones. Um, I think that's like a, if you had to symbolize the whole movie in one line it's like that yeah. that line i think that is actually a line from the book like michael lewis was there during that season what was going on he so was like, like traveling with the team yeah yeah he like talks about being in the one of the things he talks about is he's like i'm in the film room with like like the guy's name is not peter brand it's like paul deep yeah they, the guy didn't want to use his name yeah so he's like I'm in the film room with him during the game uh-huh. watching like the game on the thing and like david justice comes in he's fucking pissed because he's like the third strike calling me and like the third inning wasn't that wasn't a strike and then they like review it they're watching it on film on this like shitty old computer and it's like outside he's like i fucking told you so and then he like walks out of the room he, so there's like a whole chapter on like he's just sitting in the film room shooting oh, really? shit with him so it's pretty sweet but um another quote is like when Jonah hill's like people get overlooked for a whole bunch of reasons uh and i don't remember the, the full quote but i'm like that's such good symbolism for the movie like Jonah hill being overlooked yeah, he's getting – I think it's overlooked for, like, how you throw or how much you yeah. weigh or how old you are, basically. It's, yeah. like, a big baseball thing. Yeah. But I'm, like, that was such good symbolism for the movie, so I love that quote. Mm-hmm. If we try to play, like, the Yankees in here, yeah. we will lose to the Yankees out there. <laughs> um, when, they're, when they're sitting in the office and then they're, like uh, – Brad Pitt's, like, would you rather get shot like, <laughs> once in the head or five in the chest and bleed to death? And Jordan Hill's, like – if we lose the last game of the season, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my last one was um, when they're watching after the 20th, 
20 straight games wanting is like, how can you not be romantic with baseball? Yeah. It's, it's a cheesy one, but it's probably like the defining line. Yeah, he says it twice at the end. Two yeah. different times, yeah. Um, I got two more, I guess. So he just, uh, Brad Pitt's talking to that, like, that scout that's just like a fucking asshole. And he's just like, adapt or die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and the last one I have is, <clears throat> I hate losing more than I like to win. And there's a difference. Yeah. 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 So what's your mate? What's your favorite quote in the movie? Uh, probably the scout being like, he's got an ugly girlfriend. <laughs> ugly girlfriend needs no confidence. Yeah. Mine's probably the the problem. Oh yeah, the when there's like there are rich teams and there are poor teams, yeah. fifty feet of crap, and there's us. Yeah, yeah. Those are like in the same scene. Yeah. So all my quotes, like I called it the Brad Pitt Award after like uh, seven, based after like his what's in the box line, and I, <laughs> but every single quote I have here is by Brad Pitt as well. Like no one else. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every quote I have is Brad Pitt. Right. Um, do you do good? Brad Pitt, what's in the box? I do, dude. I do it pretty good. What's in the box? I'm going to do it. Are you willing to be ready? I'll do it. <laughs> what's in the box? What's in the box? Tell me what's in the fucking box, man. <laughs> okay. The eighth award, the blind pig award for the character you want to hang out with for one night and one night only. Who are your nominees? Who do you want to bring to the table? Okay, so I only had, I had one... I, I had two nominees and the one I one I picked. Uh, I was like, yeah, like Billy Bean seems like a pretty sweet guy to hang out with, but I'm like, he's also kind of somebody like he wouldn't want to fucking hang out with me. So he'd be like ignoring me the whole night. So my pick is actually like I just want to sit, kind of in a dark room, you know, like we've got a couple beers. Uh, Ron Washington sitting there, he's just got a fucking two figures, just shoot the shit. <laughs> For me, the only answer was Jeremy Giambi because, like, they talk about how he's like goes to the strip clubs and he's yeah, like yeah, always yeah. in Vegas and stuff. Like, that guy would be fun for one day. Yeah, that, that's actually a good one. I should have. But Ron Washington, I didn't even think of Ron Washington's character, but he makes me laugh in the movie. Yeah. I put Billy Bean down as a nominee, but because I think he would, he would like give you a lot of knowledge, but he just would despise hanging out with you. Oh, he, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't want to hear anything. No. The, th- the thing about his character, too, is that every time he talks, he's so awkward. Like, when he talks to the team, and there's that one scene where he walks in, and he's like, uh, you might not look like a winning team, but you are one. And, like, everyone's like, play oh. like that tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cool, man. Really fucking motivated the boys. Yeah. Uh, the Al Pacino Award for overacting. Um, I only have one nominee. I guess I have no, just one. I have one. Is the scout that gets fired, like the head scout of that guy's, like just really angry the whole time. <laughs> saying that, but he's like, <laughs> "Fuck you, Billy." Yeah, he puts his, his arm on his shoulder. He's like, "Fuck you, Billy." The way he says "fuck you" is like <laughs> that's exactly what I. Mean. Yeah, like he's the only like I don't think anyone else is like really overacting, but that guy was like, "Okay," he was looking at Bennett Miller, and he's like, "Okay." Uh, I'm in this movie for like 10 minutes. I'm just going to fucking Absolutely shoot my shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Billy. Just how we like. Yeah. Uh, the 10th award, the Steph Curry award for the actor or actress who never misses. I think the only two nominees are Pitt and Jonah Hill. 100%. So like make the case for one of them. And I'll make the case for the other one. Okay. So, so Brad Pitt is like absolutely every scene he's in. You're just like staring at Brad Pitt the whole time. You're like, is this guy gonna fucking go insane? Like, he's gonna punch somebody like running the note. But I picked Jonah Hill 
Okay. Because he's just like so he perfectly plays the lineup like he's like fun to root for, but he's like the most fucking awkward guy in every single <laughs> scene. He doesn't know what to say on the phone ever. He like has to like tell that guy, uh tell Pena he's being traded. <laughs> It's like shit is past <laughs> so I just think the whole movie it's like the perfect Jonah Hill role of like he's like a he's like such a so good being the sidekick he's so good at like a picture of Jonah Hill he's just in in every scene and Brad Pitt's going fucking nuts and he's like sitting in the chair like doesn't know what to say for me it's like oh like it's no brainer Brad Pitt for me like I feel like yeah. he just carries the movie like yeah the writing is really well like or really done a good job or the writing is written really well. Fuck, I can't speak English. But Brad Pitt, like, he... I don't know. Like, there's something about his, his like, eyes the whole movie where he just, like, this guy is on a fucking... on an edge the entire movie. Like, yeah. we've talked about it a lot, but... Like, him as a baseball... Like, I would have never have pictured him as, like, in a baseball movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, pretty sick that he... Like, he produced the movie and everything. Like, he was, like, such a... Oh, he was? Yeah. He did? Yeah, he and he like wanted to like make like the apparently he like really liked the book and everything by Michael Lewis. Yeah, he, like wanted to make the movie, which I thought was sweet. But yeah, he even looks like Billy Bean. Oh, if you look him up, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The, the the haircut is the same. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, category eleven is the Ben Affleck Award for a streaky performance. Who do you have for that? I mean, it's tough because like you. Um, you said like it's like a streaky performance, but sometimes they're like kind of annoying you in the role. Yeah, like Philip Seymour Hoffman is so good, and like the it's like holy fuck, man! Like stop, just like so whiny. <laughs> Every scene he's in, he's just like this like fuck, lean back in his seat. He's got this like fucking belly. <laughs> he's just so whiny. Or what he expects that like when they're in the uh, Bean goes into his office to talk to him, and he's like, "Well, you built this team for me," and he's Billy's like. Nah, man, I built it for, like, not for you. What yeah, the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Who do you have? I just had that, the the girl interview. The girl's like, get out of my shot. <laughs> like, that girl's, she's not in enough for, like, to be good in it, but, like, she's so, I fucking hate that girl. Yeah, 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 she, she, she definitely pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my shot. Get out of my shot. I can't believe that was in the movie. Like, I was like, that's so unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> um... Category 12, the scenes you wish you saw. What's some scenes you wish you had seen? Okay, so I had a couple. Um, the, the, like, we never got, like, Billy Bean's reaction to them, like, losing against the twins. Mm. And I wish I kind of saw what happened there because I'm, like, so curious what happened. Um, and then the other scene, like, spoiler again, like, when he tells the Red Sox, like, no way, like, yeah. Uh, like obviously called the guy back and like turned down 12 and a half million uh and like i, I would love to like see that scene in the movie and then like what like i was talking to you talking about before like when he has that like dumbass team i wrote down like lenny dice was the guy yeah <laughs> he's like this fat guy never worked out ever but then like uh in the minor leagues he was like so good because he was like too stupid to like, feel pressure <laughs> <laughs> i would have loved to like if you build on that red Sox scene i would have loved to have seen him like have a like throw a fucking chair or like flip a table when the Red Sox won yeah, in two thousand four. Yeah. Exactly. Probably yeah, yeah. cheesed. Yeah. Um, I had like I want like more like because we're baseball fans like you and I, but like even more like advanced analytic-y, like where right. Peter Brand's explaining all this like mathy shit. Like not a lot of people probably care about it unless you love baseball. Yeah. That would have been cool. And then more of his 
Uh, him and his daughter. Like, I don't think it, it was in it, like, quite a bit, but, like, I think it, maybe one or two more yeah. scenes of the two of them. Yeah, they definitely knock those scenes out of the park, too. Like, yeah. It, it's, like, almost like you're wanting a little bit more. Of a little bit more of those yeah. scenes, yeah. So, elevator pitch, where are you going to pitch us your prequel or sequel to this? This one was hard for me because it's, like, a real, it's, like, a documentary, basically, or, like, a biography, I guess. So, I don't know. Do you have any pitches for it? I mean, like, reading the book, like, him before he became a GM is like the mo- is like honestly like the most interesting part of the book. How when he was, he was playing, yeah, how he was just nuts uh, when he was playing, and he would just he'd strike up once and fucking snap his bat, <laughs> and then he'd go over for a four kick. It's like <laughs> if he like if he like looked at a pitch in the first first at bat, and he didn't think it was a strike, and it would like, um, call it a strike, he'd like go over for a four kick. Like, he was just like crazy. So, Did like, he get like? Did he immediately get the job as a GM, or like how did he get that job? I think he was like a scout for for a while. For a while, yeah. And then he was like he was like close with the owner apparently, because uh, he like bounced around. He was like the Mets, then the Twins, and then he was with the A's. Uh, and then he knew the owner, mm. and he like got a got a job with the owner. But like, yeah, like like a like a little bit like a prequel about that. I think would have been sick. Would be cool with like that weird look-alike dude that looks exactly like exactly that. yeah he looked exactly like him. same yeah. lips and everything too. I'd like to follow his story kind of from 2011 to when they made the move to like now. Like what's he, like they've had because the A's have had like he has had really good teams and they've like big have been big spenders and like the trade deadline like they've gotten guys like John Lester, John Lester and stuff yeah. to like make a playoff. Cespedes. Yeah, Cespedes, and they have like they have Matt Chapman. They've always had like. They're always competitive. Yeah. So I would like to maybe see like how he's been doing that. When I feel kind of bad for the guy, like, like they talk about in the movie, like the analytics, like get you to the postseason, but after that, it's like basically luck. Like, yeah, you can't even or like the it factor or whatever. Like, yeah. You can't even make up for that as like the GM. And, like every time, like they were like up on like the Royals and like I don't know, like four years ago or something. Yeah. Like, fucking blew it. Like every time they blow it, like in the playoffs. So. Yeah, like. What was the how many runs did they need to score to make the playoffs? It was like nine hundred and something. Like he admitted the math, and it was like you can't give up more than six hundred. Yeah. I wonder if they actually did like how many runs they scored that year. Yeah, that would be good to. Uh... Yeah. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and I'm gonna look that up in the break, and I'll bring it back when we get back. <laughs> All right, so in the break, I Googled how many runs the Oakland A's scored that year. And per Peter Brand's math math stats, they were supposed to score 960-ish runs. And they only scored 800. But they did give up like 550, which was like below what they were actually supposed to. So I guess that was enough to get them 103 wins. I guess homeboy was on point. Yeah. Just a little bit above, above expected. Okay, so we'll move on to the next category. Is would you watch this as a Broadway musical? <laughs> like, if the question is whether I'd watch it, like hundred percent. Would it work as a Broadway musical? Like, how would you How would you make it a musical? Like, what would you? How would you not do the baseball? Like, how would you do the baseball scenes? <laughs> like, a, you make them big dance numbers. I don't know, man. All I think about baseball musicals is like whatever high school musical when they're doing the fucking <laughs> get your head in the game yeah 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 that, ba- that baseball scene <laughs> oh oh yeah the baseball scene this uh from the second oh, yeah, yeah yeah not get your head in the game though. i can't dance or like yeah yeah, 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 like yeah. That. <laughs> so i don't think i don't think it would work 
I don't think you could do a biographical story. Is High School Musical 2 the top five baseball movie of all time? <laughs> Listen, if they make 20 more minutes of baseball in that movie, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for me it would be like, no, but like, I don't even think I would watch it. You wouldn't watch it? It's like Moneyball on Broadway. I'm like, what the fuck? How are they going to do they this? They put that on Netflix, you wouldn't watch it. Oh, come on. You would watch it for sure. <laughs> I would hate my life the whole time I was watching it, but okay. It, maybe. Would, it, would, it maybe ruin the movie. Yeah. You just can't do those kind of movies. Like, no, it wouldn't. You just can't do those movies. It's not even a discussion. Would work. Uh, category. Them doing the, the Hatterberg. <laughs> he hits a home run into like the audience. <laughs> the bullet goes flying. Uh, category number 15, Schindler's List to a super bad rewatchability scale. With Schindler's List being a very good movie, but like never going to watch it again. To super bad being this iconic movie that you're going to watch probably 5 million times before you die. Where do you rank Moneyball? So super bad is like you turn it on and it's like, I'm just going to stay here for an hour and a half. <laughs> this is like, like when I think of rewatchability, I'm like, if I'm like looking, like I'm like watching TV and I'm just like scrolling channels. Like if this is on, like, am I going to just like turn it on and watch it? And like the stretch from like, like 30 minutes in to like the end of the movie is like so iconic that like, 100% I'm turning it on I'm, and I like know what's coming and I know the trade deadline's coming I know the streak is coming uh, so I'm like yeah this this is like it's just a little bit below like super bad because it's like a drama and not as as like easily watchable but it's like super watchable yeah like if it just picks up like I don't know 45 minutes in on TV or like someone else is watching it in your house I mean I'll like sit down and read and finish it yeah but I also feel like I would rather it's for me it's a movie where super bad you can just have it on as in the background yeah. as well and like go in and out of that, like a party or like a bunch of people hanging out. But Moneyball, I need to like, I'm I'm taking out two hours of my life and I'm sitting down and I'm watching it. And when the, when the streak is on though, like when that montage is on, I'm like I'm can't even look at anything else. It's like so captivating. Over a couple of the corn like over the quarantines, I like ranked my like top five, top seventy five favorite movies of all time, and this movie cracked the top twenty. That's legit. What, yeah. what was number one? Catch me if you can. Okay. Catch Me If You Can, Good Will Hunting was my number two, Back to the Solid. Future was my number three, and then four through like 75 was like actually hard debates. Like it took me a while to get to it. Right. What's your favorite movie of all time? Honestly, it's Moneyball. Good, good favorite movie of all time? Yeah. Good Will Hunting is number two for me. Yeah, Good Will Hunting slaps, man. That yeah. movie's awesome. 100%. Moneyball's your favorite movie ever? Yeah. Wow. I'm telling you, I pick it up, I, I watch it at any point. I'm like, oh, I know this scene's coming. Like, Brad's gonna fucking go nuts in this scene. It's gonna throw a chair. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> All right, the last court category is the MVP of the movie. So I have three nominees. Um, I'm gonna say my nominees, and then you can maybe bring in some nominees if I didn't say anyone. Okay. So my nominees are Brad Pitt. Aaron Sorkin, Steven Zalian, and Michael Lewis. I just put them as together, just basically the writers. Yeah. And then my last was the Oakland A's as a franchise. Yeah, is this the peak of the Oakland A's in terms of we're going to talk about them? Well, yeah, and, like, they're always going to be – I think they – I wonder how much, like, when this movie came out, how much their marketing went up or, like, how much oh, merchandise they're selling. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, it makes me – I think the answer is Brad Pitt, though. Like, in, in – I think in every scene – He's just like captivating and you like can't can't take your eyes off him, like I said. 
Yeah, for me, I think the MVP is uh, the writers. I think the writers write this phenomenal screenplay, and then Lewis's book too. Yeah, like I maybe I'm cheating there that they're kind of put them all three together, but yeah, like I think every Sorkin screenplay he writes, he like wins the movie. Um, Sorkin, one thing is he's so good at making like scenes that should not be interesting be like so interesting. His dialogue, he's so good at writing dialogue, like just dialogue, like two people talking, like you and I are. Like he would write like a, like he wrote Social Network, which is one of the best movies ever, like written. Yeah. And like the whole movie is just people talking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie, like when like Philip Seymour Hoffman's like man, I need a new contract. I'm like, I'm like captivated, like watching this conversation. It's like the most boring thing yeah. outside of like what's actually happening in the movie. If you were pit there, would you sign of him to a contract first or put the team on the field first? I'm on the team on the field. Yeah. Like, the manager, like, yeah, like his, his point where he's like, man, if a ground ball rolls to first base, someone's going to stop it. You're going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that guy in the dugout. <laughs> yeah. No chance. For me, it's, I don't know, it's Sorkin, but like, I can. The Oakland A's was kind of a joke nominee, like that was kind of like, but like they did probably profit off this movie. But I think Brad Pitt just has been has won MVPs for other movies. That's that's actually true. Yeah, I I think he just when he like buys into like being the the number one like I'm gonna be a movie star in this movie like he's like to me he's just the MVP. Is this Sorkin's best screenplay that he do you like this or like Social Network? I think is his other better one. Um. In terms of screenplay, like probably the social network, like did you watch Trial of Chicago Seven? Yeah. He directed it and wrote it, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I I really liked it too. Yeah, same. He doesn't miss, man. No. He's maybe the step curve. Yeah. Like he yeah, he pulls up from 40, he's like, I'm about to direct this thing, got a court case, and it's gonna be like interesting for two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean it's probably the social network, but like like I, like like you said, like he doesn't miss. Every single dialogue scene is like you can't take your eyes off the screen. Yeah. I mean, like checking your phone because you're like, you're like, gonna miss it. Yeah, yeah. I think the social network's his best screenplay. Yeah, but like this one's pretty, pretty, pretty high up for sure. Yeah. Okay, so what are your final thoughts about the movie? I guess. I mean, like I said, like it's like probably my favorite movie ever because it's like everything I'm interested in. Of like, like it's like a true story. It's Sorkin's writing. It's like a like the the main. The main is like a leading actor. Like it's like everything I'm like I baseball. Like it it's baseball is like absolutely top notch. And then like like I said, like the other thing is like you can pick up the movie at any point and it's like, oh shit, you know that scene's coming, you know mm-hmm. this scene is coming. So the rewatchability of it is like top notch too. It changed sports forever. Like it changed how we look at not only baseball, but I think every sport. Like we talked about earlier about how it changed the basketball revolution and yeah. of the threes are worth more than two because of all these like all these technologies and and they were doing all this stuff for money but with like those shitty ass computers yeah those like little like square fucking things and they were yeah doing manual it. they're putting in manual data and everything. yeah like, that stuff doesn't happen no. no yeah yeah i just like so i'm gonna read off the nominees for best picture for that year and i'm gonna like the here we go the descendants the artist extremely loud and incredibly close midnight in paris war horse tree of life the help Hugo and Moneyball. So the artist one is the movie with like Adrian Brody about the penis, like right, dude, right. which is like a fine movie, I guess. But Moneyball is better than all of these movies, and is held up better than all of these movies. I can't believe it didn't win Best Picture. 
Isn't the artist like the most Oscars kind of movie ever though? Yeah. It's like the most Oscar bait. Like, yeah. Like, okay. The Oscar bait movie. Yeah. It's like about some, it's a true story too. Right. But it's just made for the Oscars. Like, yeah. Moneyball is such, was such like a cultural thing with, with sports, especially when the book came out and mm-hmm. the movie came out and like, it just made analytics and everything mainstream. So yeah, I mean, it might not have been, didn't win the Oscar, but only Oscar did not have it for sure. Do you think that this movie, like if they were to like remake it, in like 50 years or something or make some sort of other sort of movie about this like how do you think they would go about doing it hmm. well, they need a leading man like brad pitt again they get like chalamet in in 20 years there. yeah i don't know i, I just I don't, I don't know i think i don't think you can really remake this movie but i think it would be like a cool documentary would be how the domino effect happened like how every right. other team was like oh shit like we gotta like yeah. do this or we're gonna be like way behind everyone or like yeah, maybe a documentary on the Red Sox is like when they won the World Series and how they were like, yeah, we're like we completely just took this guy's. It's ideas. kind of a tough one turning down the twelve and a half million dollar salary. Yeah, and then what? they do the exact same thing. And they win the World Series in 04, 08, and yeah. ten. I think it's twenty eleven and then thirteen again or something. Thir- no, yeah, I think it was oh four, eight, thirteen, and then. Uh, 8, 20, 18, or 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he could have been the GM for all of those. And they basically just took his... I think he probably just thought he had, like, this information that nobody else could copy, but didn't yeah. realize how, how willing other people were to yeah. take it on as well. And how smart, like, a Red, like, the Red Sox guys were and stuff. But yeah. but, yeah, man, those are all my final thoughts. You got anything else to say? No. If you, if you, if you for some reason, are listening to the podcast and you haven't seen the movie... You don't even have to like baseball. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, well, thanks for coming on, man. I think you're going to come on again and do maybe another baseball movie in the summer or any other movie that we both like. Thanks for having me, man. It was it was a good time. and Yeah, hopefully I'm back again <laughs> to look, look at another movie here. Um, as I always do, I reveal the next movie for next week with a quote from the movie. So here we go. <clears throat> the truth is, I am Iron Man. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Peace. You're still here? It's over. Go to bed. Go to work. Go. I'll be here next week. Go. Bye.